It's in the danger zone. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, Ooh, sorry. No, sorry. We're sorry, we're laughing. It's just that was bad timing. Sorry. Hi everyone, welcome to the BIHA podcast. This is episode eleven. Yes, we broke the ten barrier. Now we're on to the first one, heading towards the big two O. This week's a very special pod. Uh, Nick and I managed to um, speak to Joe Staten together on Tuesday night. And thereafter, I um, conducted interviews with Nathan Tree, Tim Donison, and Dan Locke of um, Oxford. So, without further ado, we'll swing to the interview I um, conducted with uh, Joe Staten, which is very interesting, very insightful. And for those of you who are interested as to how um, certain things have come to pass in the BIHA, such as the live stream or the current uh, game sheet software... Um, then this is certainly the bit for, of the pod for you. Hello everyone, I am joined with Nick Ival as always, my partner in crime. Hello Nick. Hello, how are you doing Rambo? And today we have a very special treat for you as Nick and I are joined by smiling Joe Staten. Hello Joe. Hello Rambo, hi Nick. You guys alright? We are doing very well, thank you. How's the snow in your area? It is uh, very snowy um, in, the, in the sort of more northern part of Scotland, and the gateway to the Highlands that is Perth. And and how is it? How is it down in uh, in Yorkshire? It's uh, it wasn't it wasn't too bad today. It's getting a lot worse now. So uh, we'll be we'll be at least we'll have at least an inch. So the whole country will grind to a halt. Oh dear, yeah. oh dear. And Nick, what about the northeast? Uh, um, enough snow to drive a car in? Uh, been trying to get around. It's not been uh, it's not been too bad. The drive back last night from the uh, away game in Hull back to Newcastle was uh, an eventful one. But um, but yes, we've got constant pretty much snow, snow on the ground, two and a bit inches, something like that. Okay, and is that um is that an eventful one because of the snow or because of the um liquor that was consumed on the bus on the way home? Oh no, I, I wasn't on the bus. The bus arrived a, a good hour and a half after I did in the car. Shame it took me four and a half four and a half hours. It took them six hours to get home from home. Right. Okay. So it was a difficult sure. a difficult journey. Um. Anyway, um. The people want to hear about Joe. They probably don't want to hear Nick and I uh, fraternising over the weather. Um. So, uh, Joe, uh, can you tell the good people that are listening um about yourself and your role in the BIHA? I can, I can try. Um. The very fancy title of Chief Techni- uh, Technical Officer, which basically means I'm Dave's boss. Um, Dave might not like to know that, but I'm Dave's boss. Um, predominantly, my role's more um, more around nationals nowadays uh, and the running of that. So the setup of all the, the game sheet systems and dealing with the, dealing with the live streaming and the and the, the running of nationals when it's live. Uh, more than the the planning of nationals, which uh, you yourself are more involved with, Rambo and Nick uh, and Dave himself. But um, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> me and Dave originally when we first started at the committee, we were involved a lot in the design of the, the game sheet software, the website as it is, and and developing that over the years uh, to get the functionality we've got now. Um, just because we thought that it was something that was sorely missing in the in UK ice hockey, and there was easy ways of doing it now. I know most of uh, most of UK hockey now runs some form of electronic game sheet in some way, shape, or form. But uh, I'd like to think we were definitely the first ones onto it, and uh, with a budget of zero, I think we did quite well getting to where we are now. Yeah, we still we started off with nothing and uh, still have most of it left. I think is the is the saying goes, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, so. Uh, Joe, you've you've had quite a long, um, illustrious career in the BHA, both as you say as a chief, chief technical officer and as a player. Um, can you tell people a bit about your your hockey playing history? 
Where did it all start for you? Uh, I, I didn't start. I didn't start playing hockey. I had a, I've had an interest in hockey since I was tiny, but I only started skating when I was 17, so I was quite a late starting to it. Um, I would definitely class my history in the BOHA as a hockey player. It's not illustrious. I'd probably say it's the definition of the opposite of illustrious. Uh, if you were to look it up in the dictionary, um, yeah, I, I, I did. I won tier two nationals in my first year, but I I started as a defender. Uh, we ran out of goalkeepers for our B team three months, well, two months into the season, my first year. Uh, so I decided I offered to play in net for the B team. Uh, I played one game for the B team and the A team asked me to back them up. And in my first game as backup, halfway through the game, they pulled the starting keeper because he wasn't doing very well, uh, threw me onto the ice and I started every game since uh, and finished with culminating with winning tier two nationals. Far too long ago to want to discuss the year. Uh, I think it'd be 2006. So, yeah, um, quite a while ago. Um, the following season, we, we got two goalkeepers who were much better than me. So I retired from playing in net and started playing back uh, as an outskater. Um, I think I officially have played ice in every position on the ice in BOHA, including having to referee games. So, um I might not be very good, but I've tried everything. Uh, <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah, I don't think if you, if everyone checks out my stats, my goal scoring record isn't that amazing. Um, I like to think I'm a stay at home D man. That's my excuse anyway. Good stuff. Um, Nicky, what have you got for Joe? Well, I was going to begin by asking him what his favorite color was, but, uh, okay, uh, purple. <laughs> Purple. Don't like. <laughs> no real reason. Fair enough. But um, but no, I was going to ask him how. Uh, obviously, as someone who's, who's known Joe for quite a while, and uh, certainly I use the game sheet software far too often than I should do. I've been seven, eight years into this. Someone else should be doing it. But um, certainly Joe's knowledge of the rules and uh, and the game sheet software and stuff like that. I just wondered how often uh, how often you get queries from either clubs that come directly to yourself or how often people break the game sheet because uh, game sheet software. Because I managed to do it last weekend, uh, managed to get negative go- goals put on for a team somehow. So I uh, just wanted to know how often these things crop up. We, we like to think it's a challenge. Um, to be fair, the game sheet software is actually quite old now. Um, there are I've written about nine new versions of it and never released any of them because I was never quite happy with them. Um, we are actually, the, the main aim is actually to move to a web-based game sheet. Uh, now that most rinks actually have proper access to Wi-Fi in the ring, mm-hmm. um, simply because it can be platform independent. And the biggest issue we've got with the game sheets as it stands are that you have to have a Windows machine for it, and plenty of people don't. Um, we get errors occasionally. I mean, it's interesting. We've had probably more. Of these, as you, you talk about this negative goal thing, we probably have more of that this year than we have for quite a while. Um, it's obviously an issue when people are adding goals, removing goals. I know we've had issues in the past where if you've changed a goalkeeper uh, during a game and then you edit goals afterwards because it's looking at the goalkeeper that's currently assigned, it can uh, incorrectly mark goals against the incorrect goalkeeper. But um, there's obviously a couple of issues in there, but. Um, if I was to patch it now, the new ver- the version that would be released would be a completely different look to um, what people are used to. And I'm reluctant to give them something new to then look at moving to the web to, to avoid the number of changes. Um, I know plenty of people have, have sent files on to me and Dave where they've had issues with um, incorrect team, incorrect, incorrect squads, so not selecting an A, B or a C team um, and leave it as the default and then the game, the web interface not accepting it. Um, we've also, the first time we had an issue where uh, we had a full bench, a full squad on a bench of 22 and then the bench minor penalty which caused an issue. So these, <laughs> all these issues, yeah, all these issues can be manually corrected when if people just send the files on to me and Dave, we can, me and, me and Dave can just go into the file and make the adjustments that need to be made. Um, but, in reality, I mean, if we don't get going with the web-based version, I will probably have to release a new version next year simply because there's enough that needs changing. I know we've got uh, the standard penalties 
don't include every penalty that we could possibly want to put in there as it stands. And there's some penalties that have been rescinded that are in the list. So, yeah, there's, there's, there's plenty to change on it. And I have to admit, it's quite old now. But we were hoping to push straight to a web-based one just to um, just to make things easy for everybody. Um, that's, uh, that's good. Uh, and then, sorry to jump in again, Rambo. I think my next question was going to be along the lines of how stressful on a scale of one to absolutely, I don't know, doing yourself over. How stressful is Nationals for you? Like me and Rambo have been there before and, and with the system that we've got now and the live stream and everything like that, I think we've all said quietly before that um, this show, the show doesn't go on when Joe's not here, as was proven last year when we managed to break something while you weren't there. Maybe that's maybe maybe the, the issues poor poor design by me then if uh, <laughs> if you could break it when I'm there. Uh, nationals could be um, uh, especially by the end of the third weekend. I'm probably losing my mind. Um, and that's not a dig at any of the players. It's just sitting in that ice rink on that that media gallery for, for the best part of 96 hours would, would well <laughs> drive anyone crazy. Um, I enjoy it. It is stressful at times when stuff starts to go wrong all at the same time, as always does. Uh, you never get you never get the chance to pick when something goes wrong. Um, but it, it's. Normally, it's never, we've, I mean, touch wood, generally, we've not had major major issues. So um, we, we sort of got around them, even if I do look a bit unhappy and as and not having my trademark smile. Um, <laughs> but... Aries um, did die in the making of some of these events. Yeah, yeah. There's there's definitely a point, a point in that second weekend and on the third weekend where... But I, I mean, I, I have a naturally grumpy looking face. Um, so um, <laughs> when I'm really pissed off, yeah, I, you can tell. Um, but we, we get through it. I, I like to think it doesn't last too long. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. But you guys know better than me. <laughs> um, Sunday mornings, Sunday mornings. That's always the most stressful time because you always get to the. I mean, I always get to the rig really early to help, and then the and then about three minutes before the game, I'm looking around, I'm looking for my fellow committee members, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna have to run the stream, man the camera, and commentate all at the same time, and it's like, these guys should hurry up with their breakfast and be here early like me. Just can't get the staff these days, you see. Then the just-in-time delivery arrives, and me and Rambo rock, rock in. Oh, there's yeah, no camera. There's no camera, no. It's just static, not centralised. We've got two commentators. Yeah, we've all been there. But um, And then, again, sorry, Rambo, to pretty much take over, but I, I know one thing I'm quite interested in, Joe, and I'm not sure whether you can divulge any of this. Anything new that we're going to see this year at Nationals, potentially? Yes. Uh, yes, there's one thing that I think would be quite nice. I don't want to divulge. Um, I was actually down in London picking some kit up to, to help with some of this stuff. Um, today I was down at an event. Um, so there's one thing which will be a stream based thing, which I'm hoping will be a bit of fun for everyone. Um, some bits to help us actually running the, the event, which no one will be interested at all, but will make things easier between. I'll be able to listen to you again this year, basically. Whereas last year, I could only listen to the referees. I'll be able to listen to you as you talk. So I might actually respond to you on stream when you uh, when you, when you you want to ask me a question. So it'd be nice if you were Rambo on that sense. Um, I've got a couple of the things I'd like to implement, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, I'm going to see if I can afford it. But, yeah, I, I mean, I, ideally, one thing I'd like to do, and, again, we might be the best place to advertise this on this as it's going out, uh, publicly is, I mean, I'd like to get more people involved from the clubs, in all honesty, um, partly to allow us to do more. Uh, I mean, the more people we have, the more cameras we can run. We just don't have a big enough group of people to, to run all the cameras we could. Um, but look at getting, I know Rambo likes his interviews, uh, and maybe look at doing more during games and co-commentators, colour commentators from clubs, uh, from within the clubs, but also for doing some some extra bits and pieces around and about. So I know plenty of the teams are are doing bits of streaming, and there's probably plenty of teams with guys who were 
uh, into the media side of things, video production. Uh, and I'm, I'm looking for anyone who's interested in getting involved in the stream during the weekend, whenever they feel like it, uh, to come and pop along and get and get involved. That's uh, that's good to know. And I think, well, podcast official, you heard it here first. If any guys out there listening in who got an interest in this kind of stuff, you uh, you know where to come. And I'm sure Joe will uh, give you a helping hand and it's be a great experience for you guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, Joe, um, there's one one question. I don't want to put, put a lot of pressure on you, but do you think it's possible we might have an extra microphone this year so Nick doesn't get uh, inadvertently mugged off um, before any playoff finals? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll buy him an extra mic. We can have the Nick mic and it, it can just be on the side as an emergency so we can just grab it if he needs it. <laughs> That's the last I'll, time I've done the toilet I'll get a cut out of his face to come the back of it so we know it's his. <laughs> That's the last time I got to relieve myself before a big game, alright? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, Joe, I mean, in terms of, I know this year, a lot of the, the sort of organising stuff, I think you had to do a lot of the donkey work before with Nationals organising groups and stuff, and and now your technical genius is, is probably more valuable than half the stuff we do throughout the year, but how are you finding like the, some of the little flourishes that have, that have been added by by the sort of, as I was described earlier by Dave, the troglodytes, um, like myself and Nick, like the podcast. Have you been listening in regularly? I, I have been listening in regularly, and uh, it's a fantastic edition, I must say. It's uh, really well done, but I think it's, it's it's important. I mean, I'm involved in some other setups doing sports-based and otherwise, where you, you look at bigger events than the BOHA, in all honesty, but... Um, you look at the engagement with the people that are involved with it, and they're, they're generally quite lacking in, in some of these events. And for me, as much as it's important having the tournaments and everything in the, in the cup competition, we need to we need to make sure that we are engaging with the the, the people taking part. Um, so the podcast is a great way of, of bringing making it more more of a community sort of setup. So you're doing the, we're doing the interviews, you're bringing, you're talking to the teams and it makes you, it makes the ownership from the teams feel like they're more involved with it. Um, because the last thing you want is just be, for us to appear to be this, the, the committee to be this entity that exists to tell everyone what they need to do. But no one's, it's like we're, we're remote from the organisation. As much as we've all been there, we're, we're all ex players or current players, depending on uh, what day of the month it is and whether it's nationals or not. Um, but we, it's important that we do connect with the the, play, the, the the participants so that they feel like it's more of an event for them. Because uh, at the end of the day, yeah, we're running it, but it's their event. So the, the podcast is a great way of bringing, bringing people into it and, and really expanding on it. I mean, if, we, if we're talking more about you and, and you and uh, Nick Sells Rambo, um, having audio on a live stream is a million times better than just a picture. Uh, the, the comment is always that you can get away with a, with audio only, so a radio broadcast, um, but a video only broadcast is a bit tame. So having having that element as well for the nationals, and I mean originally we talked when we looked at it, it was going to be the old game. Uh, to move to commentating on every single game for three weekends is a uh, is pretty amazing uh, and, and hard work, um, but it really adds to the atmosphere and I think in, in, increases engagement uh, even with people that aren't are, are watching at home. Um, one thing I mean I didn't mention it, it was something to think of, but I, I am looking at increasing that social interaction with the stream so that the people on on YouTube. Um, or Facebook or Twitter can get more involved with the stream directly, um, with the communication with you guys, but in, including the, getting, getting some of these tweets and messages onto the stream itself so that people watching are, are involved and can, well, or feel more involved in the, the actual event as a whole. Um, because why not? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, I think, uh, the, the idea of commentary and, um, Sort of, sort of followed on from a from 
a fateful Northumbria Kings D game where there was a bit of a, a bit of a scrap in Tier Five, uh, shall we say? And and then it was our first playoff game of that weekend, and uh, and then you, you seemed to put it together, and it just it just grew from from there. Nick got involved shortly thereafter, and I, I think it's. I think people really enjoy it, and you know we get we have had the odd person come up, and uh, I think you you know you're mm-hmm. right. More players and uh, from teams and things involved would would be great, and as long as we're not you know struggling for space up up in the ivory tower, as it were. Um, I mean, how I mean how how do you see the the BIHE developing in in a hockey sense? Do you think that the live stream helps with that? Personally, I do. Yeah, I think um, at the end of the day, what, what's our remit? Our remit is to in, to encourage the development of university ice hockey and to and to get more people playing the sport um, at a university level. Uh, the encouragement of and getting more people involved will help develop the the GBU setups. Um, I think that. I mean, the, 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 there are people. I mean, there's people I spoke to. I mean, okay, I'm localised in the Sheffield area. But there's people that when I've pushed people to watch the stream, there's people that have asked me about getting involved in university ice hockey because of the stream, um, because that's their first realisation that it exists. Now, I think our image is much better these days than it was when I started and we're much better known now, just even in the even the, the broader hockey circles in the UK. But um, I think the stream really gives us an outlet. And to be fair, what we achieve with the stream on the well the zero budget that we run it on in all honesty uh the volunteer output that we we put into it um is amazing compared to what you you could get you do get from professional setups um where you, you're paying thousands of pounds for something similar for a similar sort of um gear and end product so um i think it really give it really the stream itself really puts the beer in a positive light um, and does encourage people to get involved in the sense that it advertises that we exist out there. I think it's important that we do the stream across all the events as well, because if you really only streamed the, the tier one at the level that we do it, um, I think people would look at it as, oh, it's for, this is the BIHA that exists for the, the more elite players um, to play ice hockey while they're in university, more like your college setups in the US because the standard of players there. But I think it's important that we stream the the lower tiers as well to make sure that everyone knows that, yeah, there's an opportunity for complete beginners coming into this sport to give it a go um, and still get involved in a national tournament. Uh, to get involved, I mean, we, the tier three Saturday night is generally quite a well-organised uh, social event between the teams. Um, but that's an important part of it as well. And it's all just part of this whole package of, of getting more people involved in the sport. And yeah, I would say, Sorry, on you sorry. go, Nick. No, I was about to say, like, from just some adding some feedback to that for Joe in terms of my involvement with the club and, and things like that, having, having the live stream and being able to show prospective students and new students and people who are just trying to get involved, like we at the Freshers' Fair and things like that, I've had the live stream going on the table. Obviously, Unfortunately, you can't hear the sweet, subtle tones of Rambo and myself in the background, but uh, they get the gist and they can see the live stream. And I think especially one thing that you said just there, it's, it's not an about elite, elitist aspect of this is not just we're not putting on the show for Division 1. I think we've talked about before that the, I think if you look at most clubs, the, the life the life, the lifeline and the, and the heart of the clubs is in the, it's in the lower teams, is in the the volunteers and the people who are new to the sport and have got that keen, that drive. I'm not saying that people who've been playing for 10, 15 years of juniors or anything like that don't have that same drive, but it's about rewarding those guys at the, rewarding the little guys because often they're the, the club presidents and they're the secretaries who are putting in all the work to make these clubs work. And I think it's great that as a package, like for instance, I was talking to our, our D team at the weekend who were totally and utterly shocked that, they were going to be on the live stream and they were going to be commentated on and they just presumed it was sort of the thing that happened for the A team and I was like no no this is inclusive for everyone and it creates a buzz and it I think me and Rambo have talked about before that Nationals has become a whole different animal now that we've got this the live stream and the commentating and getting people involved and 
it becomes a lot less of, hey, look at the BYJ people sat down there by the penalty box doors, all crammed in, five people in the space of about two feet to now being, <laughs> hey, we can yeah. go, hey, we can go up and see the guys on the balcony and see what they're doing and get involved. And I think, as you said, it's, it's going to be some great places to go in the future. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I mean, I, I, I played a team in Cardiff, but I'd argue that I was always, uh, I was always a borderline player going down. Uh, and yeah, having that ability and the, that chance for people to be involved and to, I mean, I'd love, personally, I'd love to be out there streaming more games for the clubs using the BIHA package, all the overlays and the data and everything, the replays and the cameras. Um, unfortunately, with it being a volunteer set up uh, and having the day job, it makes it difficult. Those half past 10, half past 11 face-offs at Whitley Bay on a Tuesday night, probably not going to happen. Uh, but we, we looked at it this year. Uh, I'd like to look at it again next year, getting out there, taking our rig out there and, and trying to promote the sport at all levels um, by providing these live streams. So maybe something we could do too. I know plenty of clubs are, are, are doing it themselves anyway, and it's great to see it. Um, I'd like to increase our ability to support clubs with the streaming um, by giving them access to some of the some of the bits we've got in, in some way, shape or form. We need some control over it just because there's a brand protection thing. We, we have to make sure that not that anyone will necessarily go out to damage the brand, but we have to make sure that we control our assets. And it sounds very, very legalese that, but we do have to be careful. But I'd like to I'd like to, us to be in a position that a club that wants to stream their games could ac- have access to some of the, the facilities we have. Um, in terms of the overlays, the scorebooks, the team logos and everything, so that they could produce, um, I usually use the term more professional, I don't want to sound like I'm saying they're not very, they're not professional setups, but um, to give them something extra that they can add to it, and then they can run that themselves, and yeah, it's just, again, it's, it's all advertising for us, and the more that we have out there, the better, for sure. In terms of, uh, we've talked a lot about live streams and stuff, but in terms of the, the actual, just the growth of, of the game since you first started some 10 or 12 years ago, I mean, from your perspective, what what is the, the makeup now of the player pool that we have compared to to all those years ago? Um, I think, it, I mean, the pool itself, I think if we go... I mean, I go back and I say we won Tier 2 Nationals and I go back and I'd say is Tier 2 weaker or stronger now uh, than then? I'd say it's a strong, it's Tier 2 checking is stronger. Um, there are there are stronger players and I'd say that I, I, I wouldn't be winning it with the team I had that weekend if we played it now, I don't believe, in all honesty. Um, so I think that there's definitely, and if you look at the, tier, the top tier, I think that has definitely stepped up. Um, I think we've got such a broader range now that we, with the encouragement of the new, the brand new players into it. Um, when I went my first season playing, we had teams that were playing tier two, um, had very new players in and were were getting hammered quite a lot, um, and that was at second tier level. Um, I think now, okay, there are still big score games, but with the breadth that we have with the with the additional tiers and the non checking setup. I think the non checking setup has been a has been a critical part of this development of the BIJ. I don't think we would have grown anywhere near to the size we are if we hadn't implemented this separate non checking setup to allow players that don't want to play check in or the new players into the sport without <laughs> facing the worry of getting steamrolled by some someone who's played for a significant number of years and just is just a better as a better ability. So um, personally, I think we are we are much stronger at the top end, right through to the bottom. But we then equally have a much greater spread of abilities and experience in there, and that's what we need. We need to try and push the the, the top end to be ever improving. But we do need to make sure that we always stay open to the complete beginner who's never skated before. And it's easy for some clubs and others, but it's something we need to try and make sure we have because. With all university sport, you're on a generally three-year cycles. Um, with most sports where you don't need to learn how to skate first, teams can struggle to maintain from year to year competitive squads. Uh, the fact that we're asking people to learn to skate before they do anything else 
uh, makes it that much more difficult. So we need to make sure that we've got that. And it's a, I think it's the, the player pathway is how it's written in our documents, I think. Uh, we need to make sure that's there so that we can get people in who are new, but equally there's role, there's a there's a way for them to, to step up the system and there's still a way in for the top end players to come in and play. Cool, cool. Um Nick, you got anything else for Joe? Um no, I think that was very insightful. I think probably um, I'm gonna put I'm gonna throw it out there. That's the best interview we've had. Yeah, Joe, I mean that's it. it's been really in depth, but um We've not asked you the, the, the usual standard question, which is, uh, you're at service station. Do you want Costa or Starbucks? Uh, Costa, because uh, I've got a very detailed explanation on this, actually. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't expect anything less, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely Costa, um, because I, I, I think that Starbucks coffee is smoother than Costa. Costa is a bit bitter. Um, I don't mind the bitterness, but um, I always say that it doesn't matter how bitter the Costa coffee is. Nothing is as bitter as the aftertaste of Starbucks when you when you drink it and then you realise that you've not paid, they're not paying any tax on it. That bitterness just <laughs> overrides everything. So. <laughs> Always Costa. Oh dear. Um, so um, and save that for the political broadcast uh, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, on a slightly less political note, last question. I think we we had Andy on the put Andy on the spot for the same one. Uh, I know she listens in. Which one of uh, Mr. Seibel's baked goods is the uh, is the favourite of the state and household? It's it's a tough one. Um, I, I don't know. I eat so many of them. Um, <laughs> that's my that's my diet for three weekends. I, to be fair, it's it's anything with a bit of chocolate in it, really. I mean, it's tough to choose. Chocolate-based ones are are generally generally my preference. I just have to make sure the boxes aren't left open near me. <laughs> the- That's why they're getting pushed down nearer to me and Rambo, which is not a good thing either. No. Yeah, no. We have to make sure they're not pushed too far that they end up in the uh, the little referee zone because then we never see those again. Yeah, be, yeah. Don't give them to the refs because they will never come back. I mean, I want some. I don't. I, I don't want to eat them all, but I want something. Um, if you give it to the refs, it will last five minutes. But, um, but yeah, uh, anything with chocolate in, just as long as there's not too many near me, because I would literally just keep munching through them all. Yeah, I think we need to put them within slight walking distance of of where you're sat, or yeah, um, maybe maybe in a lockbox and not give the referees a code. <laughs> That's a good idea. Yeah, mind you, having having one of Nick Ivel's mum's cakes is about the only good call the referees make most of the weekend. So, hey, <laughs> boom, boom. Um, well, that that's been really insightful, Joe. Uh, uh, Nick, I'm sure you, well, you just said it as well. So, um, you definitely agree. But uh, uh, definitely the uh, certainly the longest interview we've had, and uh, and probably the the most in depth and insightful. So, thank you very much for your time this evening. Uh, I know you're you you'll be missing your lovely wife so we'll we'll let you get on and uh and uh head back to that and we'll we'll see you um in a nice rink uh soon i'm sure you will be you definitely will no escape from me now you're stuck with me (laughs) (laughs) thank you very much joe we'll see you in april (laughs) i'll see you in april (laughs) and uh now You've heard from Joe. I'm sure a lot of you um, feel either a lot smarter or, as I feel, um, sometimes speaking to Joe a lot dumber um, because he is a very clever guy and obviously um, his innovations um, are things that we enjoy and have started to take for granted in the BIHA, perhaps. It's great to hear from him. And uh, moving on, I spoke to Nathan Tree, um, who I came across on Facebook. Um, He was emailing me um, to get his uh, player registration number for the purposes of going to national blind competitions in Canada and America. And I thought, well, that is something that we ought to be putting on the pod so people can hear about players with international experience and how the BIHA is reaching uh, players of all different levels, um, abilities, um, regardless of uh, their um, situation. So um, without further ado, I'll, I'll... Swing to that interview uh, with Nathan um, for y'all. So, uh, 
I'm joined with Nathan Tree of the Oxford Vikings. Uh, how are you doing, Nathan? Yeah, very good, thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing uh, very well, um, apart from being freezing um, because of the snow. Uh, how's yeah. it down in your area? Uh, yeah, it's snowing here right now, actually. Um, so, uh, Nathan, you, you play for Oxford Vikings. Very exciting time in Oxford at the moment um, with the build-up yeah. to various varsity matches. Uh, what's your involvement um, like in that? So I've only just uh, joined the team in the last couple of months when I started my degree. So um, they, yeah, they pulled me in pretty good. And uh, so we're going, we're going roller skating around Oxford, um, handing out flyers this week, and we've been doing loads of promotion and loads of training for it. So uh, it, it's been uh, pretty exciting, actually. Great. Um, uh, so how, how is it generally received in, in Oxford? Uh, well, I suppose this is your first time, so maybe you don't know, but how, what's your anticipation of the, of the game itself? Uh, of the varsity game? It's, um, so, yeah, it's, it's a big rivalry. It's the, it's, the oldest, um, it's the oldest hockey rivalry going. It's, I believe the, um, the actual Blues game is the, the 100th um, meeting. So, um it's pretty big. There's a lot of hype going on around it. Loads of loads of fans and um, selling quite a lot of tickets. So, and are you are you going to? There's obviously the, this weekend sort of the preview uh, for the big game. But are you are you planning on going to Switzerland as well? No, I won't be going to um, to Switzerland. But um, yeah, I'm going to be I'm going to be at all the varsity preview games this weekend. Great, great. Well. Um, I suppose not only is it an exciting time for Oxford in March um, and Cambridge, of course, with all the varsities and the, and the, sh- the big the big Swiss um, varsity game as well, but it's also a very exciting time for you personally. Can you tell people a bit about your upcoming month in hockey? So, uh, yeah, um, basically as a start, um, I'm actually uh, legally blind, so um, I find it very hard to see the puck. So I'm actually going out to um, Canada and the USA to play in their national uh, blind ice hockey tournaments. Uh, we don't really, I'm currently the only blind player I've heard of in the UK, and I'm the only European going out to play in these tournaments, so they're very excited about it. Okay, and um, is this the first time of you doing this? Yeah, um, I've actually I'm only just taken the sport back up over after about four years off due to not being able to see too well. Um, so, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's very very exciting for me to be able to go back, back really. Is there any different rules in the in blind hockey? Yeah, so um, basically the puck is scaled up and it's made of metal, so it makes more noise and moves a bit slower. So you, you know you can you can send and receive passes and it's a bit different. Um, when you get into the attacking zone, you have to pass, so you can't get one of these guys just like taking the puck in, weaving around people and scoring. Um, the the goal is actually three foot tall instead of four foot tall to stop people just roofing it and hitting each other in the face kind of stuff. And um, the goalies are actually all um, it's called NLP, so no light perception, so they are actually all fully blind. So yeah. So if the goalies are, are fully blind, do they just have to listen sort of more for the puck? Is that? Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. And then it's, it relies more on uh, the communication of the other players as well. So do you think you'd have a bit of an advantage having played BIHA hockey where you were playing with a rubber puck? Yeah, I believe so. Um, it, well, it all comes down to some of these guys I've seen um, video footage are really incredible players. So I don't I don't know if I'm quite up to the skill level of some of them. So we'll see how that goes. So we're not expecting you to come back with the uh, the equivalent of the Rocker Richard Trophy from from your uh, exploits away. Oh well, we'll see. They might all be impressed by the one English guy in the tournament. <laughs> cool. And uh, when are when are those tournaments taking place? The um, the Canadian tournament is in Toronto. In uh, it starts on the 30th of March and it's three days long and then a week later so I believe that's the 9th uh, from the 7th to the 9th of October, uh, um, April in um, in Chicago Cool and uh, all your flights booked and, and uh, you got all your uh, and all your ESTA and all that sort of thing for going to the States? 
Yep, uh, not my SD yet. <laughs> I need to get that. I need to get that sorted. But all the flights booked, all the hotels. So uh, yeah, we're like really good to go. I'll be going with my girlfriend as well, who's actually uh, playing centre for the Vikings on the same line as me in the varsity game as well. And was that a Vikings romance, or did you know her before you started with the Vikings? I, I before, before I started at Vikings, but yeah, she's the one that got me back into playing hockey, which I'm very happy about. Um, and what what's it been like for you coming into the VIHA as someone um, who is uh, uh, registered uh, blind? Uh, do you know what? It's actually really good. Um, so we are we are playing in uh, in non-checking Div three at the moment. So it's it's quite a good one for me because I was quite a skilled player and just kind of lost it where I can't really see the puck and um, the teams are really supportive so we do tell the other team oh, like if he does something stupid he can't see what he's doing we tell the rest and everything everyone's really nice about it great I, I'm glad to hear that uh, that people are I mean most people in the BHA I've met are pretty decent so I wouldn't yeah. expect anything less but it's, it's good to hear that you, you're enjoying it um, yeah and uh, is your you'll of course on I think you you might struggle with nationals this year, of course, if you're away in uh, America, but that would be totally worth it, I would imagine. Yeah, um, yeah, it's something I'm a bit, a bit um, upset about. I, I actually don't actually know which weekend nationals is. If it's the weekend I get back or the weekend I'm still out there, so um, I've not been paying too much attention to that. So hopefully, if it is the weekend I get back, then I'll be playing. Yeah, all will all will be revealed in, in due course. Um, I'm I'm not allowed to disclose who's in in what division and all that sort of thing yet, as you yeah. can imagine. I was asked which, which weekend I was available. I was like, I'm only available for one of them. So I, I yeah, I guess I'm yet to find out if I'm playing or not. Um, I'm sure it will all be uh, disclosed pretty soon. But there's still uh, there's still a lot of work going on in the background. So um, I'll get I'll get slapped if I break the the corporate veil uh, for that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, what position are you playing at the moment? You said your your girlfriend's your centre. Are you on the wing? Yeah, I'm on the right wing. So, uh, I was playing left, but um, yeah, for varsity especially, uh, we've got a lot of people who want to play left. So I was like, cool, I'll play right. I'm I'm pretty easy in that that respect. Okay, and uh, you are you playing in the in the Eskimos game? Uh, which which Eskimos are you playing against? Because I'm a new player and I'm just still trying to find my feet. We're playing in there's a dev game, so uh, we're playing against the Eskimos development team. Okay, and is that the Saturday or the Sunday game? Because it's so Sunday at 7 p.m. So that's after the uh, the women's varsity game. After the women's varsity, yeah. Yeah, and is your is your girlfriend? Does she play for the women's team as well as the Vikings? She does, but she's a staff player, so uh, she works for Oxford University, so she's not eligible for varsity. All oh, right. Yeah, of yeah. course, of course. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, just uh, just a couple of things. Are, are you you said you just started. Is it just 2018 you started, or have you been here all season? Like uh, no, literally um, mid January, the start of the first term. I was just like, because uh, I've just started my, my master's degree in January. I was just like, cool. I'm going to go back and play hockey then, and uh, just started skating again. So literally like two months. Um, cool. And uh, how? I mean, I know that you said you hadn't played for a few years, but how long had you been off the ice before coming coming back to? Um, well, aside from a, cute, a few bits of skating, maybe like four years. Right. Okay. And how how did you find the pace of hockey after being away for so long? Uh, it it was hard. I must admit, I, like my skating needed some practice. Uh, my fitness was. My fitness was okay, actually, but my legs were suited to running more, so they took some uh, kind of muscle memory to come back. But yeah, it, it'll, it's all getting there again. Cool. And uh, have you, you played? You played any games yet? Yeah, I've played two. So we played against UCL and, and against Southampton. Okay, and and how did those go for you? Um, just being back. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I got a couple of points in the first one. Not too much in the second one, but. Um, Vikings, uh, I don't know if you've seen the stats. We've, we're doing um, quite well this season. I don't really know how to put it. So um, I, I think quite well is being rather understated from what yeah. I've seen of the table. So yeah, our goalie's like you know seven games, no goals, but um, 
yeah, I think hopefully next year it'll be a bit different. Uh, cool. Um, and I mean, uh, you've uh, you said you got a couple of points. Were, were those assists, were they? Yeah, it was a couple of assists. Uh, I actually, yeah, being blind, I'd, I'd kind of find the puck when it was between my feet in the slot, which is a little bit too late when I want it on my stick. Uh, so but I'm okay, like, fishing the puck out of the corners and feeding the slot man. So, um, yeah, I got a couple of couple of assists that way. Um, was one of them to your to your uh, your significant other? No, oh, um, she was she plays on she wasn't playing on the Vikings team then. So uh, no, nah, it was all to uh, all to our other lovely centers. <laughs> <laughs> excellent, excellent. So um, I mean, big big month for you. You obviously sound like you're quite looking forward to to all the hockey you've got. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm glad that the the, the BHA essentially has been a, a bit of a vehicle for you to to get back into the sport. Um, yeah. On behalf of everyone from the BIHA, I, I wish you all the best and I hope you, uh, I'm sure, in fact, you'll do us proud over there. Yeah, thank you very much. No problem. So, is there, is there any anything, anyone you'd like to give a shout out to? Well, yeah, I'd like to give a shout out to all of the Oxford Vikings, actually. You've all been great and so have the Oxford Blues women's team who've, uh, who've allowed me to join them in training. And especially thank you to my, my girlfriend, Ginny Matthews, who uh, got me back into it. Great. And it's been, it's been lovely to talk to you, um, uh, Nathan. And, uh, and I thank you for your time. I, I know that right now there's a lot of studying going on. Um, so yeah. I appreciate you uh, taking the time out to, to chat to me. Thanks very much. Hey, thank you. Now, uh, as you probably have heard, Nathan's a um, very bubbly individual, very nice uh, guy to speak to. Um, and uh, I was really pleased um, to hear from him. It was interesting hearing about uh, the uh, the differences in rules between uh, the hockey we play with the rubber pucks and the fact that they use a, a metal puck. Um I find it all very interesting. I wish him all the best on behalf of the BIHA going across there. Uh, I hope he comes back um, having had a great time, uh, if not with uh, some medals to show for it as well. Uh, now, uh, the last part of the pod, um, essentially, or the last interview on the pod this uh, week, um, is with Oxford's Tim Donison and Dan Locke. Uh, I had the chance to chat to them about the upcoming Varsity uh, not only the varsity preview, but also some chat about uh, Switzerland and how it was agreed that the two teams uh, would go to Switzerland to play the 100th varsity match. And I'll swing to that. Um, so, hello everyone. I'm uh, now joined by a very special guest, uh, Timothy Donison and Dan Locke as well, who we've previously had on the podcast, from Oxford. Hi guys. Hi remember. Hello. Um, so, can you guys just tell uh, the people who be listening just a bit about your role with Oxford? Okay, yeah. So, um, I started off my first year um, as a co-captain, and then uh, second year, uh, full-time captain, and then last year as a president, and this year, um, I've been on the sidelines a little bit helping Dan uh, in his role as president this year. Yeah. Um, I've been Tim's little protege a year behind him. He's guided me through the committee until I took over as president this year. And that's basically where we are now. Okay, guys. And uh, so you both still playing for the... Uh, is it the Blues you both play for? or? Uh, I'm on the Vikings this year. Uh, is that Dan, by the way? Uh, I... Having a bit of fun in Div 5 this year. Yeah, so we're, we're both playing this year. Um, yeah, Dan's been up and down between the Vikings and the Blues. Um, over the past four years or so, um, but I think he he holds a very special uh, uh, position, I guess, in history. I've been the only Blues player to play in all three positions in a varsity match. So he has that he has that on his resume. I guess. <laughs> that's a, that's an exciting distinction to have. Um, so coming up, there's a lot going on um, for Oxbridge, let alone Oxford, uh, in the next uh, month. Um, starting with this upcoming weekend, uh, the 3rd and 4th of March, um, what can you guys tell uh, the listeners about that? Uh, so this weekend, on the Saturday, we've got what we're terming varsity previews. So final league game of the season for the men's blues against Cambridge is varsity preview. 
And then before that game, we've got a second team kind of varsity match against the Cambridge Eskimos, which are still kind of a university team, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, those two matches are previews for matches that will be happening in a couple of weeks' time. And then on Sunday, we've got um, the Women's Blues varsity match against the Cambridge Women's Blues, which is another league game as well. Yeah, which is the, the headline event of the weekend. It's all about, um, the weekend's all about their varsity match. Yep. And then we're following that up for the first time. We've got a kind of third team varsity now. We've got a men's development team playing some of the Cambridge men's development players that have been playing the season on the women's team. Yeah, so kind of a um, kind of a real special occasion for the club. While we're celebrating the hundredth varsity match for the Blues, we're also um, bringing in the inaugural um, varsity match for the development team. So it's kind of a, it's kind of cool to think that maybe like in a hundred years' time we'll be celebrating the bicentennial and the centennial matches for these for these guys. Uh, I'd hate to think what I'll look like if I'm around to dis- uh, to, <laughs> to commentate on that one. But <laughs> um, so I mean. Before we, we discuss the the big one, um, obviously over in Switzerland, it, it, how how many sessions do you guys get a week to to have all these new players coming in? Um, we've got four men's training sessions a week and two women's training sessions. Yeah, so we have um, one uh, one blues only, one Vikings only, then two shared between them. And then, and, um, sessions. and then two women's sessions as well. So we're, we're pretty much on the ice every single day. One of our teams are. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're pretty privileged in that, in, that, in that sense. We get a lot of ice time and we're able to work with uh, all of our players to make sure we have a good pipeline for the guys to come through and get the ice time they need. That's, that's really positive. I know a lot of teams would, would be envious uh, hearing that. Um, and... Uh, is there, is there a, a sort of semi-professional team in Oxford that some of your guys come from, or is it is it just are you guys the top the top uh, top tier hockey in Oxford? There is a semi-professional team, but we've got one player that plays for them at the moment. But yeah, we the clubs are fairly separate. But yeah, the, the clubs are separate, but um, and the hockey family is Yeah, there's and, and there's the been o- over the years there's been a bit of a. Um, like um, a town versus gown matchup, so that's been a um, that's been a fixture on, in some years. Um, but the hockey community often is pretty tight knit. Everyone knows each other. All the staff are great as well. So um, you know we support them and they support us. And, yeah. Great, great. Now, obviously, I think what everyone wants to hear about is uh, is the hundredth varsity match um, going international. Uh, how how did that come about? Um, well, it all started um, at last year's varsity match, which uh, took place in Peterborough. And um, the the CYHC president, Vaclav um, Beranek, uh, contacted us and said we wanted to meet the Sunday after um, the varsity match. So we, we stayed around in uh, Cambridge, met up with those guys in the morning, and we met with um, um, representatives from a boarding school in Switzerland which we found out um, is the school that the Cambridge team go touring to every year as part of their winter training camp in January. And so what we didn't know also is that this is actually um, the same um, valley. Um, so they're from Zuoz, which is 20 minutes up the road from St. Moritz, uh, the same valley where the original 1885 game took place. Um, and so they came up with this proposition of uh, bringing the 100th uh, men's blues varsity match to to that location and kind of um, pitched it to us I guess yeah um, and then it just kind of um, went from there we just, uh, remained in contact emailed been like a, um, a three-way organization um, effort I guess but yeah it's been over a year um, a year in the making so far yeah and um, it's been obviously uh, a year in the making but it's also um, it's exciting for the BIHA who are now going to be brought I suppose to an international audience and people might go hey we've got hockey uh, for university students in, in Britain so uh, do you feel good that you're sort of carrying the, the BIHA flag into into Switzerland? Yeah it's a great thing I think it's always important to try and kind of expand the profile of ice hockey in the UK try and grow the sport I mean I've been involved in it since I was five in the UK so seeing more people come into the club and 
seeing the league grow itself and then our club as well growing, it's going to be great. Mm. And, and to extend on that, um, kind of making those European connections for uh, the university hockey scene, being involved, obviously through Cambridge's connection with uh, with the school, with the Zouar school, um, and bringing all the alumni in really kind of um, rekindles and reconnects a lot of the uh, the alumni, uh, not just in Europe, but also throughout the world. So it's really it's a really great platform that we can um, we can celebrate on, but also kind of build from uh, in terms of you know the future direction that both you know, the BYHA, also the Oxford and Cambridge clubs want to go. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, what, what's your uh, your itinerary looking like for for you making a week of it, or are you just are you just there on the Friday, back on the Sunday? Um, well, uh, from the Oxford side, we're uh, we're heading up on Thursday night, um, catching a cheaper flight out there, um, get some of the uh, get on the ice on this Friday morning, get a bit of an outdoor skate in, um, and of course. Because it is in the Alps, it'll be at altitude as well, so it'll be something a little different than what we're used to. So it'll be nice to get a, a bit of a skate in there. Um, and then on the Friday night, we're all coming together, both both Oxford and Cambridge and the school, um, our alumni, and um, just having a big celebratory dinner um, for the for the for the occasion. Um, and then the following morning, um, we'll have um, a, an alumni game. Uh, 11 followed by a second alumni game because um, there's, there's so many people with registered interest. Um, then in the afternoon we'll get the Vikings versus the Eskimos in their varsity matchup. And then the headline event at 8 p.m. on the night will be the Blues varsity match. Um, so it's really cool that all these games are um, taking place on the same day, which is, first of all, something that doesn't normally happen. Um, but also, um, like I said, on the international stage, outdoors, in the same location, uh, in the presence of um, the alumni that you know have taken this journey that all the guys on Oxford and Cambridge have taken before, um, and being able to share that with them as well. I mean, it, I mean, I'm really looking forward to it. as as you uh, know, Tim from my, from my emails. Uh, I kind of blagged myself into coming across the commentate on the on the big one, um, and uh, yeah. So I mean, I, I think this this could be something that I think everyone will look back on fondly, whether they're Oxford, Cambridge, or or even just us as committee members should should look back on fondly, um, and I think there's a lot of work behind the scenes to embed it on various platforms and stuff. So there'll be further news about that. Um, how what sort of uh, what sort of alumni have you got? Have you got alumni in both the men's and the women's side, or is it just the the, the men's side at the moment? Yeah, so we have um, we have quite a, an array of. Uh, alumni coming quite well represented. Um, I think our oldest um, uh, alumnus that's coming is a, is a is a man who played in the 1955 match, um, which is just unbelievable to think of. He'll be about 85 years old when he uh, matures, so he'll be making that journey. Um, he was actually involved in one of the biggest scoring last matches, which Cambridge will not me not appreciate me bringing up. <laughs> I don't mind. <laughs> Uh, so it'd be great to kind of speak to him and uh, hear his stories as well. But we'll have more recent alumni as well, including um, some names that you're familiar with uh, commentating. So um, Jen Lawrence will be making the trip out. Um, Tanya Henge, who um, um, who obviously from last year kind of lit, lit it up a bit at DOHA uh, Nationals. Um, so she's uh, she's just taking the trip down because she's actually from Switzerland. So. Um, we have quite a, um, a well-represented um, alumna cohort, um, both men's, blues, women's, and Vikings as well. So, um, yeah, it's it's going to be a great event, and we're looking uh, we're looking forward to welcoming our alumni back. So, uh, yeah, that's good. It's good. That's some some names: Jennifer Lawrence and uh, Tanya. Thanks for bringing those up. Those were the subject of our first fake news article in the pod. <laughs> So you weren't entirely wrong. They are making a comeback this season, just not it not was, in the regular it wasn't league. Fake news. You were just a psychic, Rambo. It was a prophecy before. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, uh, just um, veering away slightly from from varsity and stuff. Have you guys been uh, you've been listening to the pod regularly, or is this sort of your first time listening to it? Obviously, you're not listening to it. You're on it, but um, <laughs> I've been on and off. I've listened to some of the episodes, but 
not not as regularly as I should have been listening to music, even yeah. rest of what's going on in the Yeah, as, as president, I feel he has to you know be plugged into all these kind of uh, it's fine. all these news. Binge tonight. <laughs> By the time this comes out, I've listened to them all. There we go. Um, no, yeah, I've I've listened to a few of them, and it's good to see um, first of all the popularity increase, and also to the um, to the program development. Um, it's great that it's a really good initiative, uh, and you know every every project starts somewhere, and I'm sure. You know, if we look back at it and think about where you've come from, it'd be great to kind of um, you know, reflect on the success of it, I guess. Yeah, thanks, thanks very much. Um, now, just uh, to, to focus on one of your one of your players, um, I spoke uh, yesterday to uh, Nathan Tree. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I was quite excited to hear that not only are you going international, going to Switzerland, but you, we also have a player playing internationally in the uh, in the national blind. Uh, competitions in Canada and America. Yeah, um, yeah. Can you tell us a bit about how 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 you guys know Nathan and uh, and how he's getting on with the club? Um, so yeah, Nathan was um, he came to the club fairly recently, and he was actually I think lined up to play in the states for this tournament before he came to us. But he's a friend of one of our players on the women's team, and came to us and said that he was starting a degree nearby in uh, something and just after you just start training and playing and he had to drop out about, of the sport about five or six years ago I think just because his eyesight wasn't up to it and he tried roller for a bit and that wasn't working and he's come back and found that he can kind of see the puck well enough now and he's really enjoying the sport he's got uh, great hockey sense he's a great player and really good to see that he's kind of come back and he's playing the sport that he loves and his enthusiasm is just Everyone like his drive to play the sport is fantastic, and great to be around on the team. Cool, cool. And and does he? So he'll train with the the Vikings. So he trains quite a lot with you, Dan. Does he? Yeah, he trains a lot with me. He's um, yeah, he's probably sees the bet uh, the net better than you do. I think. <laughs> I don't think the Vikings are short of goals this season, from what, <laughs> what I've seen. So I think it's probably probably okay. Um, I know you've uh, you. This has been a bit of an easier year, probably, and if obviously staying non-checking, I'm I'm sure you'll find the right place in non-checking for for the Vikings where it gets it gets competitive. Um, well, at least I hope I hope you do at, at some stage, but I think you you probably going to manage to win Division Three South this year. Do you say is that what your aim is? Uh, at nationals, we're hoping so. Yeah. Um, cool, cool. Um, so, uh, is there is there anything else that I've missed um, in relation to to your varsity games, or or anything I should have talked about that I've not talked about with you? Maybe just a shout out to all the uh, all the all the all the few players that might be listening in <laughs> from Oxford. Uh, I guess you know just to get, um, just on behalf of the club, I guess you know just to say you know thanks to the BYHA for all the great initiatives they've uh, um, put on, especially over recent years. I mean, I, I can speak for the women here and say um, they're really appreciative of the, the women's nationals um, that was started last year. Um, I know they, they all enjoyed playing that and uh, more importantly seeing the development of the, uh, the sport amongst women in, in university. So um, I'm sure they'll appreciate a bit of a shout out for that. Great, great. Um, well, uh, guys, it's been, it's been great to speak to you. Uh, and if I'm right in saying it, and I'll, I'll give it a plug on the pod, um, the uh, the live stream for this is going to be on Enjoy uh, San Maritz website, which is enjoysanmaritz.ch, which I think is the uh, the Swiss code. So um, I encourage everyone to keep their eyes on there, especially on Saturday the 24th of March. Yep, 8 p.m. Uh, Swiss time, which is one hour ahead. Seven seven PM, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I have got bad news for uh for the first alumni game. We we don't get until ten in the morning on the Saturday. Jen Lawrence will not be happy. Is she in the first one? I don't, we don't know yet. <laughs> <laughs> um well I'll I'll do I will do our best to get up there as soon as we can. Um and we're we're Nick and I are both thoroughly looking forward to it. Um so thanks for thanks for uh for allowing us to come in and and uh, and join your party. 
of course. I mean, we we absolutely want the uh, the voice of the BYHA out there. So, uh, exactly. yeah, it's pretty important. Thanks very much, guys. Um, it's been great. It's been great speaking to you. And as I say, I encourage everyone that's listening. Make sure you you try and tune in on the twenty fourth of March. It'll be seven pm our time because they're an hour ahead. Um, and there'll be plenty of links to it on uh, the BIG website and, and, and all sorts. Thanks very much, Rambo. Cheers, Rambo. Cheers. So that's it um, this week, essentially, folks. Uh, I mean, things are coming to an end in um, the BIG Cup competition, certainly in the check-in ranks. Unfortunately, the snow's decided to uh, play its part in <laughs> affecting some of your fixtures. Uh, make sure you stay safe. Um, there is a lot to look forward to in a hockey sense if we do get to it. Um, I myself am hoping to hit the uh, Edinburgh St Andrews game, which will be an absolute stormer than normally are between uh, those two teams. And whatever you're doing this weekend, have a great time. And I hope to be back with Nick next week um, to chat through some of the cup competition. And hopefully uh, we'll get the chance to speak to someone from Sheffield um, about uh, their upcoming uh varsity games at the end of the month so uh, stay tuned folks and thanks for listening <laughs>